0: With you this week is Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. So
1: good to have you with me here on The Great Man Podcast. Listen, I want to tell you right up front... How proud I am of the many of you that have written in and told me about your manly journey, told me about how you're battling for noble manhood. I'm so inspired by you guys. Seriously, some of you guys have come from really tough circumstances. I hear from guys in prison. I hear from guys who've been suffered horrible physical things. I hear from guys who just, you know, if you knew their story, and you only knew the first part of it, you'd you'd assume that their their lives would never amount to anything, that they'd never live anything noble and good and true and righteous and happy. And yet they're thriving. I'm so proud of you guys. And it's a privilege just to speak into your life just a little bit and cheer you on. I want to talk about something in this podcast, which is unusual and also could be easily misunderstood. (laughs) So let me dive in. And I think you'll understand as I Get into it. Uh, And I'm going to talk about myself a little bit more in this podcast than I usually do, because while I have many challenges as a man and I fight the same battles you do, and I've had to overcome things, this is one area where. There are certain attitudes and certain perspectives that come a little bit more easily to me, uh, given my background, given my faith, given my experience. So I'm going to talk about myself just a little bit more than usual, and I appreciate you putting up with that. The thing I want to talk about is, I'll describe it this way, the attitude of the happy warrior. Okay, now that's, that—that's. I have to define what I'm about to say so you'll understand, But for me, it is ultimately the attitude of the happy warrior. Let me describe the opposite for a moment. I know a lot of men, and some of them are my dearest friends, who get up in the morning and are surprised and wounded by the slings and arrows of this age. That's Shakespeare language. They are surprised by... When things go badly. They're surprised by betrayal. They're surprised by human foibles. They're surprised by the wounding effect, the blows, uh, the brutality of this world and of this life. Okay. And so it knocks them back. It, it blows them away. It knocks them off center. It, it, takes them out of their trajectory. It causes them to lose the balancing signal. You know what I'm saying. And I love these guys, and I love them that they are optimists, and I love them that that they go out into the world hoping for good, yearning for good. At the same time, though, there's a little bit of, well, it can be legalism, it can be naivety in that they expect the world to be good. They are decimated when it's not. They think people should be as good as they want them to be. They find themselves disheartened quickly with the evil, the wrongs, the negative that's in the world and it leaves them in a perpetual state of disillusionment. It leaves them in a perpetual state of sadness. It leaves them in a perpetual state, quite frankly, of surprise and shock. Hark! The world is dark. The world is evil. The world hurts at times. I'm not mocking them. I love them dearly. But they they are truly caught off guard by the slings, the arrows, the evils that come our way. Now, I have a different orientation on the world. And I'll have to tell you, frankly, I'm not just describing Stephen Mansfield here. I'm describing what I think works in this world and what a man ought to have. Um, Because I was raised uh, a military brat, And we lived behind the Iron Curtain, and we were in constant contact and awareness of evils. My father, during my growing up years, went to Vietnam and fought. He was fighting a communist force. We lived behind the Iron Curtain for a number of years. I I was aware of the evils of communism. I was aware of oppression. I've told you before that I could hear sometimes gunfire at night when I stayed with my German friends in their homes, um, and they were closer to the Berlin Wall than, than our American housing area was. In other words, death, evil, oppression, people trying to escape to freedom, people being killed. I'm not saying I lived in a war zone. I didn't live in a hovel in some troubled country. I, I lived just a normal middle-class life. But my point is my my upbringing had me a little bit more aware of the evils and the the damage that could happen in the world. We, I literally, as I think I've told you before, grew up in a home, at least when we were in Germany, where we had a red phone. We called it the bat phone. And when it glowed and rang, my father would answer, and often he would take off. He'd be gone for weeks at a time. Where was he? He was battling the evils of this age. He was backing off a communist uh, tyranny. He was fighting terrorists. He was working against the Bader meinhof gang. My father was a U.S. intelligence officer during the 72 Olympics when Palestinian terrorists murdered members of the Israeli Olympic team, the wrestling team. You know this famous story. We lived near all of that. My school was regularly interrupted by bomb threats largely by the Bader gang. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Now I'm not saying I again I grew up in some horrid situation. But at the same time I'm dating girls, we're going to dances, we're playing football games. In other words, from my beginnings The world was a mixture of good and evil, and you chose what you were going to focus on. Then at the age of 18, as I've shared very often, I became a Christian. Well, one of the cardinal truths of Christianity uh, is that all have fallen, that sin besets everybody, that to put it kind of in Mansfield humorous language, sins made everybody a little crazy everybody's a little nuts, everything's a little cracked, everything's just a little off its original design, right? Snickers don't taste like God designed them, to put it. this Again, I'm just totally joking, but you understand my point. The world is not what it was designed to be. Sin has entered the world, and the world's a little bit nuts and all the people therein. So does this make you cynical? Does this make you go around depressed and about ready to open a vein? Does this make you suicidal and always uh, focused on the darkness? No. You live in this world and you love and you have children and you you laugh and you raise a glass and you eat a big meal and you work hard and there's going to be failure and there's going to be bruising and there's going to be wounding and you're going to be betrayed and your relationships are going to go sour sometimes and and that's just how how it is. And my reason for bringing this up is not to preach at you, but I believe this defines one of the cardinal attitudes a man ought to carry in his soul if he's going to be the happy warrior he's called to be. In fact, I believe this basic attitude of understanding the world as a bruising, wounding, sometimes disappointing place, and at the same time surmounting it in joy and love and meaning and purpose is one of the keys to living in this world. Let, let me take as an example my marriage. I have a very happy marriage to Beverly. You've heard her on this podcast before and you know that I'm wild about her. And everybody who knows us knows that we have a, an unusual, but a glorious marriage. We're both unusual personalities. Bev is a very strong woman, very gifted songwriter and producer and businesswoman. And I'm who I am. You know who I am. And we, we are an unusual pairing and yet we're very close, very tight, very much in love. Well, having said all that though, Bev's a little nuts, right? She thinks I'm a little nuts. she loves me and is familiar with my brand of crazy. I love her and am familiar with her brand of crazy. I don't love her because she's perfect, and i don't and I don't stay with her because she's perfect. I don't think she is perfect. She doesn't think I'm perfect. Get up in the morning, she has bad days, sometimes she makes no sense whatsoever. I don't go well, I'm leaving you immediately for somebody who's perfect. That's crazy. I'm a happy husband in part because I understand that my wife's a little crazy. I understand that she's a sinner, fallen, as we Christians would say. She's a Christian. She's devoted to good. She loves me. She's given to virtue. You understand what I'm saying. But we're all a little flawed. And yeah, sometimes tempers flare. And yeah, sometimes there's disappointment. And yeah, sometimes the toast get, gets burnt. And yeah, sometimes there's more vegetables than meat and dessert in the meal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm having a little fun with it. But there's a fundamental attitude of I'm going to go out in the world and I'm going to make my mark and I'm going to do my best and there will be Disappointments. There will be assaults. There will be brutality. People will betray me. My friends will not be perfect. I will not probably have the perfect movie father or the perfect movie band of brothers. In fact, I, my band of brothers, uh, we are a band of brothers because we aren't perfect. So, what I'm trying to keep you from, what I'm trying to caution you about, is a perfectionist attitude that says the world ought to be perfect. And therefore, I'm shocked, I say, at the fact that there are flaws and damage and what have you. This attitude and the the fact that the world is a difficult place is why forgiveness is important, is why being able to surmount your wounds is important. And what I want to encourage you to embrace, it's not a cynical attitude. But it's a worldview, it's an attitude, it's a, it's a comprehensive approach to life in this world that, in a sense, takes the evils and the hurtful things in this world in stride. I'm not saying compromise your morals. I'm not saying we don't expect good behavior from people. I'm not saying that there isn't a moral code. You know I believe exactly that, that there is a moral code and, and that there are ways people ought to behave, but with they're going to be good and true and righteous. But if you go into the world shocked by the harshness, shocked by the blows, shocked by disappointment, you will live perpetually teary-eyed and, and depressed and disillusioned because the world's not going to measure up to your image. I mean, I admire you on the one hand because you have a lofty view of what the world ought to be. But I, I, I fear for you, on the other hand, if you go through the world just absolutely shocked and traumatized by every negative thing that happens. It means you may not be able to overcome, I'm making things up now, your parents' divorce. It means you may not be able to overcome being dumped by the girl or the friends or 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 what have you. It, may, it means you may not be able to overcome failures that come your way. We all have failures. We all get turned down. We all you know, have those moments we're not chosen for the team. Uh, we all have those moments we don't get into the school we want to get into or get the promotion that we want or we're criticized or we overhear the gossip about us or whatever. The point is that your view of the world has got to be rooted in some reality. If you're not a Christian, you don't accept the idea of the fall and sin in the world. Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with me. But I am one, and that that theology, that belief that comes from Christian teaching from Scripture is part of what helps me step into the world a little bit inoculated, a little bit aware of Hey, these things are going to come. I don't expect any of my friends to be perfect. I don't expect my wife to be perfect. I'm crazy about my children and my grandchildren. I don't expect them to be perfect, right? Blows will come. Insults will happen. Things will take place. Spills will happen. Failures will occur. Fines will be imposed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. You'll get your occasional C while you're pursuing your A's if you're in school. And I'm not saying blow it all off and have a whatever attitude. That would be silly. No, strive for excellence. Strive for the mastery. Strive for success. Strive for the good. Strive for a noble home. Evan, I work hard to have a home that's filled with peace and love and art and beauty and poetry and literature and, and good food and a good glass of wine from time to time and friends. You know, we, you, you strive for the good, but you're just not blown away when the bad happens. People are going to die. People are going to betray you. Things are going to happen. And you can't go out into the world and be the happy warrior you're meant to be if you're shocked by the negatives that happen. Now, the reason I say that this is a manly attitude is that a man is meant to be the big calm in the midst of the storm. I want to be the big calm. I want to be in the midst of the storm and able to lead and able to love. I want to be the calm that Bev can draw from. I want to be the the calm and the loving and the generous and the warm that my children and my grandchildren rally to. I want my, my home. For those of you who are Christians, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say to be outposts of the kingdom of God. I want my business to be that. I want the way I treat people and the way I speak on stage and the way I write and the, the way I do media and appear and coach and consult and do all the things I do. I want, it to be an, I want it to be sourced in another world, so to speak. And I want to make a difference. And this allows me to be a happy warrior. I get up in the morning. I pray for a good day. I pray for impact. I pray to love, but I know negatives will happen. There will be setback. People will live beneath my expectations for them. Maybe it's not a good day for Bev. Maybe a friend calls and says something stupid. Maybe I get some news, something, I don't know, business feedback or what have you. Lord have mercy, I've written 27 books. You can imagine some of those haven't been reviewed positively. I write about faith and politics for the most part. You just choose a subject in history and somebody's going to be ticked off about it, right? I wrote a book about Abraham Lincoln. Now, how offensive can that be? I got skewered by people who were mad that I had proposed that perhaps he had a faith life when it's, of course emblazoned on almost every building in Washington, D.C. You're gonna get your backside kicked. You're gonna be criticized. But can you get up and move on? That's the nobility of being a man. Now, there's a female version of this, but as I'm always saying on this podcast, I'm gonna let somebody else speak to the ladies about this. But my point is that for a man to be the calm for a man to lead well for a man to endure undamaged untainted unpoisoned by what he endures for that man for a man to offer others the peace and the wisdom and the leadership and the love that that a man ought to be providing those in his life he can't be blown away by what by the evils that befall him he can't be So thoroughly damaged by the first person to betray him, whenever that is, let's say he's 15 years old, that he can never function well again. He's got to rise up, realize this might happen again, and go forward and do it in joy by the way, that's why the little rituals are important. I'm a big believer in the little rituals. I'm a big believer in in getting up in the morning and saying it's going to be a great day. I'm a big believer in hugging my wife. One day, there'll be the last time that I do that. I'm a big believer in the taking time to read and meditate and ponder and pray. I'm a big believer in raising a glass and celebrating and looking out the window or standing outside at night and breathing in the air and thanking God for another day. In other words, the little rituals, the tiny things, because they enrich life, and because they align us. Now, I'm not going to go on any further, because I think you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, bless you, you are perfectionist, you have a rather overly optimistic, naive view of the world, and and I wouldn't wouldn't ask you to change that, except that you're going to end up living your life tainted, perhaps poisoned of soul, disillusioned, because you're expecting too much of this world. This world is flawed This world hurts. This world, you know, everything's a little bit weird or nuts, to put it semi-humorously. So you got to relax. You got to trust God. You got to do the best you can do. And you got to not be shocked when something goes badly and then get up and go after it again. That's how we walk on. That's how we do things. That's how a man is the happy warrior he's called to be. Okay. I love you. I want you to drink this in. I want you to talk about it with your band of brothers. I want you to talk, realize uh, maybe how you got removed from this if you are apart from it, but how, how you got it built in your life if this is who you are and then offer it to your to others who are around you. We need to walk in this way because this is a tough generation. It's a tough time and it might get tougher, but we're still going to raise a glass. We're still going to hug. We're still going to love. We're still going to work out. We're still going to earn. We're still going to go forward. We're still going to invest. We're still going to be noble men because this is one of the
0: great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your man's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.